0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Have you ever noticed that once government does something that it never goes away, you'll never be able to get it back into them, it is actually physically impossible to make things better. Once they've screwed it up once, it'll never go back to the way it was. That's the way they like to play things off, and that's the way we kick off the show today. Boy, do we have a program for you broadcasting live right here out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting on our national broadcast of The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Welcome in your Millennial General reporting for duty. What a day it's been been a crazy day so i jump on doing some show prep getting ready for the program and i look at drudge which i don't get on drudge as much as i used to obviously because Drudge report has come into a a a cesspool of left-wing progressivism which is really sad it used to be a great news outlet news source for us and i go on there though not uh, i don't go on there to find the good news anymore i go on there once in a while to find kind of like when i go to cnn or msnbc to look at what stupid stuff is going on and what they're saying so that way we can actually counter it. So I get on Drudge Report and the headline, most expensive Thanksgiving ever. Quote, inflation is here to stay. And you think, wow, you know what? There's so many things that could actually prevent this from actually happening. You know, the inflation part. There are so many things that we could do as a nation, we could do as communities to get rid of the inflation. But yet again, once something's here to stay with the government, once you allow them to do something, it's there for good. It never goes away. And then we just have to learn to live with it. So California, get ready for, apparently, you never have to worry about gas being below $7 a gallon anymore. Here in the plain states where I'm at, in the mid-America, in the heart of the nation, get ready for that $4 for that gallon of milk or that $3 loaf of bread. It'll never go down any longer. That 5% uh, increase in inflation year over year is here to stay for good, according to the Biden administration, according to some of those economic experts. Now, there are plenty ways to get rid of it, you know, by stopping the wage battle, by not implementing a minimum wage. By not passing a $5 trillion economic plan, by lowering taxes on corporations and individuals, by getting rid of certain taxes for some, by actually giving tax incentives to grow businesses, grow the GDP, stop spending so much damn money, and guess what? Inflation would go all the way back down. But is that something the government would ever talk about? No. No. And to even think about that or even consider it as a semi-reasonable, rational thing that would happen in logical world... <laughs> Would be just a little bit crazy. Why? Because they don't function that way. So once you've actually given government a certain tax, they'll never get rid of it. Ever see that with any of your local school boards? When you said, oh, that's a bond. It's only like $10 per like $100,000 on your home. It's a local bond. We need to build this new building. It's going to be great. It's going to be paid off in like 30 years. You're not going to notice $10 for your local school bond. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and pass. it. Just go ahead and do that. We need this really bad because the students are dying if they don't get a brand new school building. We will never be able to properly educate them. We'll never be able to give them a, a proper functioning education because they're living in this cesspool that is this old building falling apart with old school books. We need brand new things, or they will die, just like they do with the uh, t- uh, with the social programs. If you try and cut some of the funding, they will die in the streets. Well, the children, they will die. If you don't actually give them this brand new building, don't worry. It's only $10 for your $100,000 home. Okay. You know what? 30 years, whatever. It's going to be paid off. It's not a big deal. The next time 30 years rolls around, it's about to expire. Oh, let's just keep it here, but we need another one. So that one never goes away. Now we add another one on top of it. Oh, we need another new school building. We got to get something different. We need a new football field. Those kids, they cannot get a proper education unless we get a brand new football field. And the story continues. Coming up, bottom of the hour, excited to have on Dr. Steve Hoetze. It's been a while since we've had him on the show. Flu season is officially here with the fall weather. Are we going to see an actual flu season this year, or is that going to go to the wayside like last year? There were like zero cases of the flu all over the country last year because everybody had COVID. Nobody had the flu. Is that what we're going to see? I still smirk at that one. So I'm curious of what's going to happen this year with the mandated vaccine movement that's happening across the nation. Last year, all the health experts said, oh, you know what? Uh, Yeah, There's no flu this year because we did really, really good at social distancing and wearing masks. So that way we didn't spread the flu. Well, how come COVID-19 cases are still on the rise even with the mask uh, mandates implemented? Well, we didn't do a good enough job wearing masks and social distancing ourselves. That was the official response from last fall and last winter. So we'll get uh, the take from Dr. Steve Hotze he, He's a very... Uh, He's really not, but everybody says that he's a very controversial doctor by actually promoting, you know, natural health and vitamins and natural immunity. I know it's a wild thought, so we'll get that at the bottom of the hour regarding COVID-19, which means all the stuff that we just did by getting back onto YouTube is probably going to go away after the program today. Outside of that, there's a lot I do want to talk about. We do have a little bit of an Alec Baldwin we'll we'll discuss a little bit, but I want to bring something back. Yesterday we talked about public schools in the K-12 system and the funding of state funding versus federal funding and whether the federal government can sue states that are cutting state funding, and that was kind of an interesting conversation. But now let's take it up to the higher education, shall we? There was a fun conversation. There's a fun headline that I saw today from CNBC. The college enrollment is at a decline – and the largest decline that we've seen in over 50 years in higher education. <laughs> now, if I remember in this, I'm bad at math. I only wanted to go to school for physics and astronomy, but I'm bad at math for a second. So try and correct me if I'm wrong. 50 years, that's like the 1970s, right? Because we're in 2020. That'd be 20 years to 2020. That'd be 30 years left. That'd be 1970. Yeah, so that'd be in the 70s. I want to make sure I'm doing this right because if, I mean, college and universities really didn't kick into high gear where it was, like, expected for you to go until, like, the 60s and 70s. By the 80s, it was a hiatus. It was huge in the 80s. By 90s and the 2000s, obviously, when I went into college, it was a major thing. We had all these movies about the college lifestyle. All the partiers, all the frat kids, the American Pie stories. I mean, that was the thing. You go to colleges right after high school. You go. You party. You see all the wild parties from the fraternities and sororities. You kind of get your degree, and then you just get a job, and it's expected once you walk out of the college. That's like the lifestyle now, right? But the tide is turning. The cycles are changing you know the old adage that hard times creates hard men, hard men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. We're kind of on the latter end of that, aren't we? We're in the good times. It's created a lot of weak men, a lot of beta males out there, not knowing how to function in society and actually be the breadwinners, actually be the, you know, the dominant Neanderthal, you know, dragging in the meat into the cave kind of thing. We've lost that mentality. We're the weak men in the good times that's starting to create the hard times because the We just saw a 5% increase in inflation that's causing economic turmoil. We had a COVID lockdown. We have people running and flocking to vaccines because they don't understand natural immunity in any way, shape, or form. So we've created a lot of weak people that don't understand what hard times actually take. I've seen a Facebook meme that's been floating around that because of what's about to come, another recession, another depression, whatever may happen with this bubble that's going to burst in the U.S. economy, that people might need to start saving their baking grease again, actually need to start chopping wood again. It's going to be the hard times. Now, whether it gets to that point, I don't know. I can see it, and I'm a semi-prepper, I guess, so break it on, baby. I'm ready. We have our natural garden. We're ready to go. We got the plenty of firearms. We're ready for any type of hostility that may or may not happen. Not that I want it to happen, or God forbid it ever did, but, I mean, come on. You got to be ready. Got to have the stocked freezer in case electricity goes out for a tornado, right? Same thing happened in case a bubble burst economically and we go into a massive depression. And guess what? All the nice little college fraternity guys that think life's nothing but a big old party, it's going to be a big wake-up call. But I think people are starting to recognize it and working to avert that as much as they possibly can. So with a headline from CNBC, college enrollment notches the largest two-year decline in 50 years due to COVID-19, they're seeing a lack of students actually wanting to go to college. Now, why is that? We can look at the short term. And the long term on why students actually aren't wanting to go nationwide. Fewer students went back to school again this year, dragging undergraduate enrollment down by 3.2 percent from last year. According to the latest report from the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, that's based on early college data. There's roughly 17 and a half million students enrolled as of the last tally. That's really interesting to me. Because if kids aren't going to school, what are they doing? We've gone under the mentality now that you need to uh, find yourself, and college is the place to do that. right? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I failed at college. I sucked at it. I went. I did the college thing. I wasn't much of a partier. Because I don't like the large crowds usually, and I really don't like getting drunk and doing stupid things in large crowds especially. I'm more of the, I wanted to sit in my dorm and have an adult beverage and watch a movie kind of thing. So that was my style of partying in college. Although I guess with the college Republicans, we did wild things too. I mean, like, you know, hosted events that just pissed off everybody on the college campus. But... I mean, it is a place to find yourself. At the same time, guess what? There are previous generations that didn't have that opportunity. Let's go back prior to the big college boom where everybody felt like we had to go to college to get a degree. And most guys were, what, going off to war. Before that, going back like post-Civil War era, prior to that, uh, we had individuals where they barely finished their degree because, guess what? You had to go work on the farm. You had to do manual labor. You had to survive. And I think people are starting to recognize that again. So the short-term reason for this, the cost is extremely high. There are less students in the college universities right now, but do you think any of the universities are actually lowering the tuition right now? Do you think they're actually closing different departments in their university? (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to happen. Because it doesn't happen. What they do is they say, oh, there's less students here. We need to raise tuition rates and get more government grants so that way we can keep our departments open and keep all the staff on there, even though we have half the students actually going into the classroom. Because that's the way, again, government works. You give them something. You allow them to expand. You allow them to create something. It never goes away, no matter how much it failed or how many uh, how little people actually use the program. So the cost is still up and going higher Nationwide. Of course, we've had COVID, concerned about doing it virtual again, concerned about not getting the proper education. I'm going to spend all these thousands of dollars to go to the university, live on campus, and I can't even go to the classroom because of COVID protocol. Maybe there's concern about the curriculum or the political differences at the university. Obviously, we have critical race theory going into the K-12 education. It's been in the higher education for a while, mostly through the legal studies of let's discuss this theory, but nothing being taught as actual fact. I tell you, when I went to college, I did not care for my political science professors and realized that I was not going to be brainwashed, which is probably why I stopped going to half my classes and dropped out. <laughs> but nonetheless, it was there and it drove me nuts. At the same time, how many majors are there as well to major? I'm majoring in underwater basket weaving. <laughs> Trying to be all snooty about it. Yes, I'm I'm majoring in like Greek philosophy. Okay, That's cool. What are you going to do with that? I'm going to work at a library and like make minimum wage, dude. Okay, I mean, if that makes you happy, then all the power to you, but you're going to spend $40,000 in student loans to go and major in something ridiculous where you can't actually pay that back. There's a long-term effect that college has done where right now graduation return on investment is not there. Which, by the way, Bernie Sanders, do you think that making college free, community college free, is going to help that situation when now the bar has been raised just for the basic entry-level position Everybody's got the same degree, and now even the person that doesn't go to the two-year college is going to be left behind in the dust. And the one that does graduate the two-year community college is just going to be able to get nothing more than, again, the basic entry-level position, making minimum wage, trying to pay off a whole lot of debt. Is that going to be good? Because right now, the return on investment on many college degrees is not where it actually needs to be. Accessible jobs? Yeah, been kind of an issue. When everybody's graduating with the same degree, now you're fighting against 10,000 people instead of five people. Makes it a little difficult. But by the way, we're going to make more people go through that, right? Give me a break. Lots more coming up on this when we come back. It's The Voice of Reason for a post-Monday celebration. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. at HoosierReason.com. Great Republic.
1: You're listening to the Voice of Reason with
0: Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. I was getting some messages over the break about how are they going to spread their propaganda. That's a great point. If kids aren't actually going to college, if they're realizing, wait a second, hard times might be upon I don't want to go this far into debt. The socialist mindset is, of course, well, you don't want to go that far into debt. Let's just give it to you free and let's water down the quality of it. Let's make everybody get the same so that way we can all be poor together because no one can find a job. Everybody's got the same degree. No one sticks out above anybody else. That's their mindset because that's really the most ridiculous, absurd, ignorant, lack of intelligent uh, thought process to have. The other side is, well, you know what? Maybe we could go and find better opportunities. Yeah, maybe we could go to a two-year college and get at least some type of degree. Maybe we could go to a trade school. I love the fact that trade schools are actually booming again. That's what I did after my two years of a four-year university. Now, again, I spent more money than I should have, and I was completely 100% stupid on this. And Dave Ramsey would smack me in the face if he knew about my story, uh, because I did. I took, I did everything the absolute 100% worst way possible. I went to an out-of-state university, at a state university out of state tuition which like doubles the price of everything of course then i took out the living expenses i didn't work in college i did everything horribly wrong i had my parents co sign on the student loans and guess what uh, they're like 60, I don't know, $60,000 now I've been slowly paying them down. But at one point after college, when I wasn't making a whole lot of money, because, you know, radio obviously makes you a multimillionaire as soon as you walk into this industry. Uh, then I had default, I not defaulted. I actually never defaulted on my loans, but I deferred some, I put them in forbearance. I bounced them back and forth, paying on one for a little bit. Then uh, when the other one ran out, I'd start paying on that and put the other one in forbearance and bounce back and forth. And they racked up with all the interest paying on interest only. I went from the original balances of like maybe $35-40,000 and it doubled to over 88. Yeah, $88,000 so is it now I've paid it back down to about 60 so I'm working <laughs> working my way down. But yeah, that's the stupid that I made and I'm no, I'm going to make sure that my daughter does not do that again because we learned from the uh, experience. I contributed to a lot of that debt the federal government has unfortunately because that is the no, I take that back. Mine's private. That's why I've never been able to dismiss mine or forgive mine, which I didn't want to do anyways. Because like, I took them out, I will pay them back. I am a good citizen that actually wants to pay back my debts as opposed to, oh, I can't pay it. It's so expensive. Can we just get free college and get reimbursed and just forgiveness programs, please? That we get from Joe Biden and uh, Pocahontas and Bernie Sanders and AOC and everybody else just wanting to do the forgiveness loans because, oh, it's so difficult. Give me a break. I will pay mine back. Also, minor private, so that way I can't have my forgiven anyway. So I'll be paying them back whether I wanted to or not. But it's really the lesson. And while so many of my generation look, this is personal to me because my generation has taken this to an entirely new level. It was like Barack Obama coming in after George W. Bush's uh, presidency and like, all right, yeah, we got a little bit of debt. We're spending some money. We shouldn't be spending this kind of money. We're kind of in, you know, I don't know, two, three, four trillion dollars in debt. Barack Obama comes in and says, "Oh, watch this," and. <laughs> takes it to an entirely new, tripled the debt of our federal government in like two years, because that's just what he did. Then Donald Trump came in and tried to slow it down, still grew, tried to at least slow down the debt growth a little bit. And then Joe Biden comes in in eight months, he goes, Hey, we're going to pass another COVID-19 stimulus and we're going to pass a $5 trillion federal budget. Watch this. Shoot it up again to where it's unsustainable. The hard times are coming. And the question is, do we have enough hard men still here to remember what hard times look like to get us through it? Because the hard times create the hard men. The hard men create the good times. The good times create the weak men, which is what we're in right now. And there are a lot of weak men that are creating the hard times because they don't understand what the hard times actually look like. Or they do. And they have some malicious intent with it on the back end. Do we have enough hard men to realize it to change the ways? I think we do because when we see a 50-year low or we see at least uh, the second largest drop in enrollment for colleges because people want to go to trade schools, they want to go into the workforce, they don't want to get into debt, that means people are somewhat aware of what's going on and trying to prepare alternatively. They can blame it on COVID. I think that there's a better alternative for this. When we come back, Dr. Steve Hoetze will be joined by him. Really excited to chat with him here next on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram,
1: When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Well, it is. I don't care what
0: anybody says. We are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Multiple radio stations all over the country right now. Multiple TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, killing it. So we're all over the place. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Trying to rebrand the Millennial Generation 1 radio listener at a time. I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to our next guest here. So we're going into the fall we're going into flu season kind of i guess i mean i don't know last year we didn't have a flu there were no flu cases we didn't have a flu season and i loved when the health officials at the government when asked about that where are the flu cases usually we get a few people coming in in the hospital for the flu or at least we have cases of the flu or you know whatever and they say oh no we did really really good this year wearing masks and socially distancing ourselves and living in a bubble that we didn't have a flu so we need to keep doing that Okay, well, how come COVID cases are so high still? Well, because we didn't do a very good enough job wearing masks and socially distancing a bunch of jerks and a bunch of rebels who just don't want to just comply and go along with it. So we got kind of the two ends of it. So the big question going into year two of COVID-19, what's it going to look like? Are we going to see another flu this year or is it going to magically disappear like it did last year. i excited to have this guy on the program. Every time we have him on, we get a lot of fun response from uh, many different listeners. He is—he uh, runs the Hoatsy Health and Wellness Center down in Texas. You can find him online, com. It's Dr. Steve Hoatsy with us. Doctor, how are you, my friend?
1: Andy, doing great. Greetings to everybody up there in Kansas from all of us down here in Houston,
0: hey. Texas. It's great. We have a lot of listeners down in Texas there as well with the podcast and uh, and, and with some stations. So uh, everybody loves you except for a few. Of course, I always get these very angry messages and emails whenever you're on the show, and I, I just don't know why.
1: <laughs> well, that must mean I'm right over the target.
0: That's right, doing something right. Uh, as I mentioned, last year we didn't have the flu at all. What about this year? Do you think now with— Well, I sir, mean, let's,
1: let's just talk about so your listeners here understand what you're talking about. Folks— yeah. The flu's been around since the beginning of time, you know. We can go back way before we were born, back in they had the big flu in the nineteen eighteen, the Spanish flu. We've had it the Hong Kong flu, on and on, flu's going on. When I was growing up, you growing up, flu, flu, flu every year. It's flu season, okay? October first through May. Right. That's flu season. And it's primarily, you know, December, January, February in the cold times of the year during the winter. Well, Over the last 10 years, there have been an average of over 30 million flu cases diagnosed in the United States every year. Hmm. In 2019, October through the 20th of May, 2020, guess what? There were 39 million flu cases, and there were 50,000 deaths from the flu. Wow! Guess what? This last year, 2020, October, 2020 to May uh, of 2020, this year, 21, guess how many flu cases they had. It didn't, it was almost zero. It was 1,645. <laughs> we went from 39 million and wow. 34 million every year for 10 years, and we went down to 1,600 in a year. What in the world happened? Like you said, oh, if you. this is on their website. I'm not making this up. They made it up. They wrote this. Oh, we mask and, you know, we, we social distance and we lock down and, you know, we washed our hands and we didn't touch our face and we slept in bed and we didn't make love without mask on and on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, totally crazy. Oh, so the mask worked to stop the flu. But I thought we were doing all this <laughs> social distancing and quarantining and lockdowns to stop the spread of COVID. But it didn't stop COVID. COVID got worse and worse but there were no cases of the flu. You can't have it both ways. You're you're telling me that the mask won't stop will stop the flu virus from going through but it won't stop the covid virus. You guys got to be kidding me. Well, of course, it's all poppycock. What they did is they they just rebranded the flu as covid to run the numbers up. Now, how do I know that? It's because they use a PCR test. The PCR test, folks, that's your That's everybody's in everybody's mind. Well, that's a test. I have COVID. I went out and got a test today, and they said it was positive. Well, the PCR test was founded or formulated and patented by a fellow by the name of Kerry Mullis back in the 1990s. It was never meant or able to diagnose an infectious disease, according to Kerry Mullis, who won a Nobel Prize for coming up with this. It only measured virus particles, any kind of virus particles in your body and we all have virus particles in our body and there's a way that you test this and it has to do with they stick it up your nose and they put it in some solution they take it to the lab and they go through a a testing system that spins it 25 times or less if it's positive uh, up to 25 spins or less uh it's fine above that it's not considered it's not considered Proper because it, you spin it too many times. If you spin it enough, you can get positive on everybody. Well, the CDC had everybody spinning this 40 times, and everybody, you and I all know, people said, You know, I just went down and got a test. They said it was positive. Now I've got to quarantine myself and I feel fine. Oh, you're an asymptomatic carrier. No, they weren't. It was a false positive. And the CDC came out in July of this year and said, Oh, we're no longer going to use the PCR test in December, wow. starting in December. Why? Because well, it's positive for flu, and it's positive for other viruses. And they didn't say and that and last year. So, we're not, so that means all the test results, folks, all the lies that Fauci and all they spread, these were lies, lies, lies to try to scare the living holy you-know-what out of you. So you would do whatever they wanted to do. You'd give up your civil rights and your liberties because you were scared to death and you couldn't think clearly and you were willing to sacrifice all that for a delusion of safety. Fauci's going to make me safe. Oh, I Oh Just listen to Fauci. What do you want me to do now? Go get your shot. Go get your experimental injection. Yes, sir. Where do we line up to get shot? I'll get that shot. Oh, it's a, it's a vaccine. It will save you. Well, my goodness gracious. Hey, listen to this. This is so very important, folks. The The survival rate for people who get the so-called COVID-19 infection is 99.991%. Let me repeat that. Their survival rate of people who get it, only 20% or so of the population has even contracted it. It's 99.991% safe. That means 99,991 people who get it survive. Nine people out of 100,000 die Oh, guess what? Who are those people? Well, the average age is over the age of the normal lifespan. of lifespan in America is 77.5 years. Yeah. The average age of those who die from so-called COVID, which could very easily be the flu, are 80 years old and 50% are in nursing homes. In 2019, before we had the uh, so-called COVID, there were two two and 50,000 deaths in America. Of that, 20% were in nursing home patients. 550,000 people died in nursing homes in 2019. Was there anything said about that? No. People go to nursing homes not to get rehabilitated. They, they have such bad health. The family can't take care of them. They need around-the-clock attention. The average... Person lives in a nursing home 2.3 years before they die. That's just cold hard facts. It's called the cycle of life. What do they die of? They get infections. Yeah. They get the flu. They get pneumonia. They get bacterial uh, sepsis in their blood. They get urinary tract infections. They die there. Nobody says a word about it. But if all we talked about every day was everybody dying in nursing homes every day and we just had, you know, 550,000 people, you think about that. That's a lot of folks. Yeah. Well, if we talked about that then nobody would ever put anybody in a nursing home and you know it's just the nursing home is like a hospice for old people that's just that's that's not cavalier that's just the circle of life and we're, and so here in a disease that's that 99.991% of the people survive we're going to go give an experimental injection that hijacks your cells and creates the very spike protein that causes the health problems in people that get the virus. I don't want to get that spike protein in my body. I want to fight it off. But now, now they're going to give me this injection that's going to make me a, a producer of this bioweapon. In every one of my cells, I'm going to make the, the, the spike protein every day for weeks and months and we don't know how long. And on top of that, inside that injection, there's also graphene oxide. Graphene oxide is a thin filament made up of carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen, which just goes and tears up the arteries and causes clotting, as does the spike protein. So we've had an enormous number of deaths due to this experimental injection. They report somewhere on the order of fifteen to 20,000 through the Vaccine Adverse Event uh, Board, uh, Reporting Board. So far, in the last 30 years, there have only been 8,000 people reported dying from any of the vaccines, and there are 72 different vaccines over 30 years. In the last 10 months, we've had on the order of 20,000 report to the Vaccine event uh, Adverse Event Board. And we know that's way under, way under reported because only it's been documented that only one maximum 10% of people who have an adverse event ever report it because it's so difficult to report. Sure. Doctors don't like to do it. It takes 45 minutes. We know that in England, their statistics show that 30, as of, that was in the middle of July, 30,000 people had died from the Injection and they only have 66 million people. That would be equivalent to approximately 150,000 Americans. Statistically, it looks like we've had minimally somewhere in the order of 200,000 deaths due to this in, in, due to this uh, experimental injection. Why would you go out and take an injection when you, which is like Russian roulette, when it doesn't provide any? Uh, it doesn't provide any prevention of disease. People still get the disease after they've received the shot, the experimental shot. And they're also transmitting the disease. Yeah. They have a higher rate of transmission. And they end up in the hospital. Well, that's why, d- would you t- that's why would what you I don't take get. a vaccine that doesn't work and force it on people who don't want to take it because I'm healthy? Yeah. Why the Sam Hill would I want to take so- if I'm healthy? That's, that's what i don't.
0: I, I don't get that. That's the biggest problem that I've had with this whole thing is you can still get COVID. You can still spread COVID, whether you have the vaccine or you don't have the vaccine. But that's going to be the line that we draw to where you can actually function in society, go to work, and actually do your thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Dr. Rada Time, I love having you on. HOTC, HWC.com is the website. Dr. Steve HOTC. I appreciate it, my friend. we got to do this again real soon. God bless you. Hey, always a pleasure. Always great to chat with him. And... He's gone. He's a fast-paced guy. We'll take a break. We'll break down everything that he talks about and more as there's a lot to break down and digress from that conversation, isn't there? We'll do that when we come back here on a post-Monday celebration for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at whosyourreason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show.
1: You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy
0: Hoosier. All right, welcome back into the show. Last segment goes by way too fast. Thanks again to Dr. Steve Hoti. I I always chuckle every time I have him on. He is just a fireball, man, and he is just, boom, get her done, get out, and we appreciate his time very much. He's a great guy. You can find him in his – he's got a health and wellness center specifically for women. Women with hormonal issues, you can find all the vitamins, all the hormonal things. Do you need a hysterectomy, that sort of stuff. Uh, you can find his information, HOTSE, that's H-O-T-Z-E-H-W-C.com. Find his information. He's got a couple great books. We've had him on the program talking about those books and more. So always great time to chat with him. But let's break down some of the stuff that he talked about because – I go more to the fact that if you want to, again, I'm all about the freedom. If you want to get it, get it. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. But there are options, and I think that people need to know options so that way they can choose on whether they want to actually get a vaccine or not. Because mandating it is the number one dumbest, uh, most ignorant, most low IQ thing that any, any government entity, any person has ever thought about doing in any way, shape, or form. And we need to remind people you can get the virus and you can spread the virus when you've been vaccinated and when you have not been vaccinated. The vaccine is not going to be the saving grace to get rid of a pandemic uh, that a lot of it has been politicized, unfortunately. Now, we're in regards to the vaccine that as he mentioned, yeah, a lot of it is experimental. It's a brand new type of the mRNA stuff uh, for all of the vaccines except for what, Johnson & Johnson Where uh, again, if you trust Johnson and Johnson with all the different recalls and different issues that they've had with their stuff, then again, that's up to you. I don't care. Do your thing, man. That's on you. But to force others just makes uh, it just takes things to another level. I'm really curious, though, going into the fall season, and this is something to kind of ponder as we kind of wrap up the program today, is with the vaccine coming out, with a large portion of the population that has gotten the said COVID-19 vaccine, what will the flu season look like this year politically politically? Because, as he mentioned, we went from 36 million plus whatever flu cases the year prior in 2019 to last year only having 1,000 flu cases nationwide as opposed to 38, 39 million. That's a bit of a drastic change, is it not? So now the question is that we don't necessarily have mask mandates and the social distancing mandates. We now have vaccine mandates where towns and cities, and businesses, and restaurants, and institutions are all mandating the vaccine for you to just function normally in society, will we see an increase in the flu cases again? Or will they stay stagnant and go away? Because if there is a correlation between the flu and the COVID-19 vaccine, and you try and take the flu shot with the COVID vaccine, or they try and say that it works for both, or you have to do the boosters for however it's going to end up working for this fall, what are we going to look like? Politically... Are they going to be reporting all these of, oh, yeah, flu cases are back, which is going to lead to more mask mandates because then everybody is going to be scared and you know want to live in their bubble. and going be like, oh, look, we had such a great time last year without the flu. Maybe we should just mandate everybody to wear masks again during flu season from October to May or October to March, whatever the flu season looks like. We should just mandate everybody to wear masks that part of the year every single year, not because of COVID, but because we didn't have the flu in which case I would say that that's extremely dumb and stupid to de- even consider as well. But I have seen people advocate that on their social media and the Tweety and everywhere else because, oh, look at that, no flu cases. That way we can be healthier. That's not healthy. That just means your immune system is not being exposed to actually what it needs to be to survive. So you're just trying to completely eliminate yourself out of a biological world. Good luck with that. Let me know how it actually turns out for you. Because that's a really dumb thing to do. COVID is going to end up being like that as well. It's an airborne virus now. Not much you can do about it. So either you can live in the bubble and continue to wear the mask and get the vaccine all the time to protect Or you can just learn to cope and live with it as an airborne thing that will be with us from all times now. Because it's airborne. There's nothing you can do about it. But going into this fall season, what could the flu season actually look like? It could go down again. And say, well, people are getting the vaccine, and people are getting the COVID vaccine in their flu shot. So therefore, COVID ca- or uh, flu cases are down again this year. This is really good. We need to continue to promote this. Or they're going to say, well, we've gotten the vaccine now for the COVID nineteen pandemic, but now we need to take it a step further because now the flu's back. We really need to bring masks back again. Because once you give a control freak more control and more power, they don't like to let up. And it's never good enough. It's like a junkie uh, trying to get another fix. It's like a gambling addict trying to go and gamble on something again. Once you give a control freak and a narcissist more power, that's what they crave, is more power yet again. So you've given them the vaccine mandate. We just learned that apparently we just have to accept the fact that we need to get a vaccine to function in society nowadays. That's not the case, but a lot of people are wanting and willing to go along with that. Just, oh, I need to get it anyway, so oh well, and just go along with it. But then they're going to want you to vaccine, and vaccinate and wear the mask. Where, did, where is the line? Where does that get drawn? And they're going to use the flu again. Is the flu severe this year? It's a very, very bad strain this year. They need to be very scared of it this year because it's the flu. And they're going to use that just as they have with COVID to try and bring back the masks and the vaccine all at the same time. We're in for an interesting fall and wintertime, are we not? be interesting to see where we go with that tomorrow big show george nori host of coast to coast am we'll talk some ghosts we'll get you set for halloween we'll have some light-hearted fun plus some other political issues as well until then be your own voice of reason i'm andy hoosier this is the voice reason podcast up in just a little bit we'll see you on the radio tomorrow